Last time on Improv Tabletop, our heroes, Master Brickathon, Pilfer the Pirate, and Oleg the Exchange Student, all members of a troop of builders at Builder Camp, had an altercation with a terrifying beast known to uh, Oleg in his native tongue as the Squazniak, but known to those in the English tongue as the Bricklicant, a strange creature which can morph its appearance. They, in fighting this, discovered that they did not yet know its weakness and it was immune to their attempts to destroy it. But it managed to appease itself by taking Scoops, their troop friend, as a bit of a meal and running back off into the wilderness with him. While this was going on, Pilfer had gone over to the next door troop, the Bricabrac troop, which had taken their good campsite and implored their aid. Master Bricklebarrel, the leader of the Bricabrac troop, sent them back with platitudes and some choco tacos, which Pilfer used to introduce these young boys to a life of gluttony and licentiousness. Okay, it wasn't quite that intense, but he, he taught them, you know, maybe it's okay to let loose every once in a while. Um, after the bric-a-brac troop had gone back to their own campsite, they all decided that they would get some rest for the night. It seems like the threat is currently out of the way. And so we're going to wake up the next morning bright and early and try and figure out what on earth is going on here in the world of the Tension Builders. What's shaking, everybody? You're listening to Improv Tabletop, the Fate RPG actual play where we make up everything on the spot. I'm Ned Wilcock, your host and GM, and today I'm joined by... Caleb Anderton, the old and wise one. Evan Peterson, the pirate. Christian Randall, the foreign exchange student. All right. So you guys have woken up this next morning. Uh, The mist is still kind of clinging around your haunted campsite here, uh, but it's starting to melt away a little bit under the light of the sun, which has replaced the full moon that had completed being built uh, the previous night. The buzzards and the vultures and the crows are singing their morning songs. (laughs) You see the ghosts are starting to pour some coffee for themselves to get ready for the day ahead. And you guys have flag ceremony in just a little bit to go and take care of. But later on in the day, you're going to have some research to do to see if you can figure out what is the weakness of this strange creature. So we're going to expand the world of Camp Studston a little bit, and we're going to go ahead and do a round of creating some aspects to give us a better sense of what kind of options are available to us here within Camp Studston at large. So let's just go around through the group and figure out where do you guys think you want to go to find your answers about what's going on with this Bricklicant here. So let's start with Master Brickathon. Which area of the camp are you most interested in going to? When I was a lad, I would go to a place that was not often gone to by many others. It was sort of a secret spot of my own. High, high up on a hill, there is an old oak tree standing alone by itself, and I would go there to think. All right. So the aspect that we're going to create here is my old thinking place. Mm, indeed. So since this is an area that you are familiar with, let's have you go ahead and roll to create an advantage with Clever. That is a plus four with Clever. Dude, that is success with style. You guys get two free invokes on my old thinking place. Nice. So you've got your old thinking place that you're planning on going to, which may come in handy because you've got holes in your memory as we've already established. Oh yes, many. All right. 
Let's go ahead with Pilfer next. Where's Pilfer gonna wanna go to try and figure out some information about their enemy? I hope this isn't too similar, but uh, I've never met a problem I couldn't solve after a long day at the sea. But uh, we're landlocked, so the lake will have to do. <laughs> All right, so you're heading over to Studston Lake. Um, I think the name of that aspect, we're landlocked, so this will have to do, is actually a pretty good one. So go ahead and roll to create an advantage. Uh, since you have such flair and panache upon the high seas and you're so familiar with it, I'll say you can roll flashy for that. That is a plus three. Plus three. That is also a success with style, so we get two free invokes on that as well. And you guys are really racking these up. And a free invoke means no fate point needed? That is correct. And then finally, we're going to go to Oleg. Where do you want to go in the camp to try and learn about your enemy? Before traveling to any new place, uh, I always make sure to research very well with Sputnik. According to <laughs> schematics, there should be some facility around here where I get to find old Soviet secrets. <laughs> All right, the aspect that I'm going to call for this one is going to be geocaching time. <laughs> this camp has an old Soviet base. <laughs> I love it. Go ahead and roll to create an advantage with, uh, since you're using Sputnik, that one would probably be clever. Negative two. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, there's a Soviet base somewhere around here, but uh, somebody else is going to have a better time with it than you are. <laughs> No. Perfectly balanced. <laughs> yeah, perfectly balanced. You guys have four free invokes and the enemy has one. Yep, I stand by what I said. <laughs> Oleg is the brawn, not the mathman. <laughs> so let's go ahead and spend some time with you guys as you go about uh, your individual uh, journeys here. So I'm going to do a quick roll to see who we're going to travel with first. Uh, we're going to travel with Pilfer first as you head down to the lake. So as you uh, get down to the lake, you can see that it's sort of an it's bigger on the inside sort of situation, where if you were to look at an aerial view of the camp or like a map or something, the lake would look fairly small in relation to everything else. But when you actually get there, it's like this vast expanse of water. And you can see out in the distance, there are all kinds of watercraft. There are small coracles that people are sculling around in. There are large aircraft carriers that some of these builders are getting their aviation badges on. There are straight up sea monsters battling off in the corner over there. You've got uh, a giant squid and a sperm whale locked in that iconic struggle. <laughs> and when you get there, one of the uh, staff members here turns towards you and says, hey there, man, it's time to get you a swim check. Do you think I don't know how to swim? Oh, no, it's not that. It's just, it's necessary. We have to give everybody a swim check because, you know, it's just, that's how we make sure that nobody dies. Well, it's how we, and he leans in close and puts his hand up to one side of his mouth. And he's like, it's what, that's what we say, but people die on this lake all the time. <laughs> Doesn't Pilfer have one arm now too? Yeah, he's got, he's got a peg leg and no arm. <laughs> Boy, I've swam with more monsters than you'll ever swim with people. <laughs> okay, that sounds like a pretty good argument to me. I will waive your swim check for the cost of one otter pop. Ah, all right. And I'll turn around and go to the trading post. All right. You get there, and when you arrive, you actually notice that Giles is peering in through one of the windows outside <laughs> at uh, the cooler that has all of the frozen treats in it. And you hear him kind of muttering under his breath as if he's conflicted and torn. 
Ahoy, Giles! And he jumps, and once again, as happens with these Lego people, his head and torso separate from his legs before landing back on top. And he turns around to you and says, Ah, Pilfer, it is it is good to see you again. Indeed, laddie. What is it ye be looking for? Well, I don't have a lot of capital to spend here at the trading post, but I'm just so enamored with these. And he peers back through the window, and... The camera cuts to his face from the other side of the window, and his <laughs> eyes are big and shining, and it zooms in close on what he's looking at, and it's one of those large chocolate chip cookie ice cream sandwiches. And he says, it looks so beautiful. Aye, I've had me fair share of those. I had so many in a week once, it gave me a sick stomach. And I haven't been seasick in 40 years. I did not realize you were that old. I, my age is but a mystery to many. Ah, and he leans in close and says, Pilfer, may I speak with you candidly? You can speak to me with as much candy as ye please. And he reaches into his pocket and he pulls out a single Jolly Rancher and places it in your hand. And he says, Master Pricklebarrel is a cruel tyrant and I hate him. During the Battle of Studston Lake, I want you to win. That be a large request ye're making. But I'm not one to lay down in a battle of the sea anyway. I'll do me best. Yes, and because I prefer you so much to my own builder master, I'm going to take on a little piracy of my own. And I put one hand on his shoulder and I say, I've never been more proud of you. And he just straight up starts weeping openly, but he's trying to do the <laughs> stiff upper lip thing. So he's got his face screwed up in this grimace. His tears are just streaming down his cheeks. And uh, of course, it's just like painted on, just streaming down the side. And he says, I will make you proud, Pilfer. You can be sure of it. And he gives you a salute and starts marching off in the direction in his very stiff, stop-motion animated kind of style. Now, wait a minute, Sonny. And I reach into the freezer and pull out one Otter Pop and one chocolate chip cookie ice cream sandwich. And I go, you left without your treat. And I walk inside to the trading post and go up to the cashier. And I pull out a uh, treasure chest full of gold and pearls and diamonds and plop it on the counter and go, is that enough? And the girl <laughs> who's sitting behind the counter looks down and she goes, wow, this is like archaic stuff. Aye, but I fought life and limb to gain control of that treasure. I fought off cursed skeletons and sea monsters that would tear me ship down and to become in possession of it. And now I pass it on to you in exchange for these treats. Okay, yeah, these will be these will be pretty handy for my Etsy shop. I'm making jewelry. Indeed, they will be quite handy. Some of the pearls in that chest are thousands of years old. Awesome. And she just closes the chest and slides the entire thing over <laughs> to the other side of the counter and says, All right, that will be sufficient. You can have your Otter Pop and your ice cream sandwich. You have a wonderful day. And I turn around and give the ice cream sandwich to Giles. As he reaches out with a trembling hand, he takes it and he just holds it there for a moment before looking up at you with admiration and looking quickly off to both sides to make sure nobody's watching. And he just leaps into the bushes and you hear munching noises. <laughs> and I return to the waterfront and I say, I have completed your request for the otter pop. Now can I go in? And he takes the otter pop and he snaps it in half with his hands and says, yeah, sure, man, you can just head right in. 
All right, and I head in, uh, and I go over to uh, the little boathouse where they've got a bunch of kind of rickety canoes, and I want to start disassembling all the canoes into individual pieces and then reassembling them into a giant pirate ship. And one of the staff members is there, and he's just, like, watching you do this, and he's like, hey, dude, um, we I'm not sure I'm allowed to let you do that. Uh, well, are you going to stop me? I mean, no, I'm not going to stop you, but I'm not sure... Whatever, man. Whatever. I only get paid like 150 bucks a week for this garbage. Well, would you like to join me crew? Uh, go ahead and roll a flashy check to uh, try and sway this young man to your side. Uh, that is a plus four. Yeah, he... <laughs> He stands up quickly, and you notice from where he was sitting, uh, there was a little portable DVD player with Pirates of the Caribbean playing on it. And <laughs> he gets up to his feet, and he's like, I can be like a real legit pirate. And I, you know, since that was flashy, I grab, you know, pieces off of the wooden roof that's over the do area. I'm grabbing pieces of the actual dock, and I build this big old pirate ship, and I stand on top, and I hold down with my one arm a sword. So the handle's at his end, and I go, you can be whatever you want to be. <laughs> and he reaches forward, and he takes the sword in his hand, and he says, this is the best day of my life. I'm part of a crew. Indeed. And then I run up to the front of the ship, and I uh, take this big old bell to assemble the crew, and I start ringing it to let the, the people I recruited from the Brickabrack troop know that it's time to set sail. And so all of Troop X, with the exception of the senior patrol leader, he is not actually there at the moment, but all of Troop X, led by Giles at the front, uh, they come over here, and you've got this staff member, and you notice this staff member has also grabbed like his buddy that he was uh, working at the rental shop with, and they all hop onto the ship, and... You have uh, built yourself up a crew here. So I'd say that's a pretty successful little bit of work you just did there. Indeed. Set sail. All right. So you guys set sail onto the lake. And as some spraying foam uh, flies past the camera lens, we're going to move now to Oleg. So you've got Sputnik and you're trying to geocache your way to find this old Soviet base. Go ahead and roll a clever check to try and discern the signals that you're getting from Sputnik. Zero. Zero. All right. So, man, you, you're having a bit of a hard time finding it. You're going, like, up over mountains. You're, like, climbing up trees to try and get a better signal. And you're getting pretty far away from the center of the camp. So because you got a tie on this, you're going to succeed, but at a minor cost. So you begin approaching the uh, Soviet base, and as you get close, you step on a bike horn that somebody's just left out there, kind of in the middle of nowhere, and it lets out a sharp squeak across this expanse, and you hear it ringing and echoing through the mountains and the valleys around you. And now that you've gotten your bearings, you've just been kind of like head down uh, looking at where Sputnik is trying to lead you. And now that you're getting a good look at what's around you, uh, you're getting very similar vibes to your campsite. The barren trees gnarled and bone-like, the mist coming in from all angles. And in the tree immediately in front of you, there's only one vulture, but it's big and fat, like a big, nasty old vulture just kind of staring at you, and it belches and a bone flies out of its mouth. And you look ahead, and you can see 
Uh, there is built into one of the mountainsides a large metal doorway. I'd like to first go over and uh, pick up the bone. Thank you, uh, Vulture. I will give this to pirate friend. He needs new arm. Uh, <laughs> you are very kind. <laughs> As you're kind of walking past, the Vulture looks down to you and says in a slow drawl, They know you're here now, son. And he flies away. I am son. You, you mean like... Star or boy? Not you're not very clear. He is gone. He is gone. <laughs> I think it was like the star, for because I am right. You noticed me. That makes more sense to me. All right, let's go to mountain. <clears throat> All right. Hello, mountain. <laughs> uh, please let me. In. I want to go inside of you, please respectfully. <laughs> Open up. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh gosh. Make a roll to overcome with flashy, I guess. Well, I, I wanted to go up and take the bone and start beating on the door to, to break it down. Okay, yeah, that's that's forceful. You can go ahead and roll with forceful. Okay. Uh that one is a plus three. Alright, so you start banging on the door with the bone, making this terrible din that is uh just echoing throughout this valley. And you can hear cawing and the flapping of wings off in the distance as crows and vultures start flying away. And eventually you do manage to break your way through the door and it flies off its hinges and slams against the back of the room on the other side. However, since you succeeded with style, you are going to get a boost as well. The boost that I'm going to give you is they know I'm here and they know I'm strong. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> I go, mm. <sighs> classic Soviet construction. And I, I, I'm going to push over the thing. And then I'm going to take the bone and stick it into my backpack. I'm going to take my little claw hands and crack my knuckles somehow. And then <laughs> I'm going to pop my head off and turn it one way and then the other so that my neck cracks. And I'm going to put that back on too. And it's time to find information. So I'm going to invoke strong and silent, but mostly silent. And I'm going to start sneaking around. All right. So yeah, go ahead and roll then. Uh, if you're sneaking around, let's have you roll with sneaky. One. One. All right. You begin walking around and you're moving through the hallways of this old Soviet facility. And you're passing rooms on all sides that look almost as if they could be museum displays with all of this old stuff going on in there. You pass one room that has a large chair in the center of it. There are hooks and chains hanging on the walls and the chair has a bit of electricity sparking off of it. You go to another room and you look inside and there's a single gramophone in one of the corners that's spinning and it's just playing this very old Russian uh, sort of crooner melody. And eventually you make it to uh, a room a bit further down the hallway and you look inside and you see pieces, not just bricks, but minifig pieces you see over here is a single leg. You see over here is a claw hand. And as you're looking around through all of these pieces just kind of scattered throughout the area, roll with Clever real quick to see if you notice something in particular. Oh, 
Minus two. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, the guy with the satellite is so just not clever. Um, so you're looking around and you just completely walk past Pilfer's arm as you're going in to explore everything else that's going on in this room. Um, I would like to find another arm if there is any. Uh, I have I have bone arm. Um, maybe I saw claw hand. I can grab claw hand and try and stick them together. I want to get my pirate friend a new arm. Um, maybe a leg if he needs it. Maybe a couple. <laughs> I don't know how many pirates normally have. And I'm just going to kind of shift around through the room. And are there any heads? Uh, you don't see any heads. That is one thing that's conspicuously missing from in here. Um, I'm going to try something, uh, if I can. I would like to try to assemble as much of a body as I can, and then take just a single block piece, just one of the little uh, square ones, and stick it on the top, and then pull out the marker and draw a little face on it. Oh, man. And then I would like to ask, Hello, uh, I am Oleg. What happened here? Roll to create an advantage with careful, I'll say, against a difficulty of two. I will use a fate point. It's another negative. All right. Which aspect are you going to invoke for that? The brick builds you. I'm going to rely on the the great old one, the the original brick, mm. the, the brick of bricks, <laughs> the very first. Um, and I will call upon her power and have her guide my claw hands. All right. So go ahead and do your reroll or plus two as the case may be. Three. All right. That means you have succeeded with one shift. So you draw the face on this creature and you speak to it and you wait for a few moments before you see one of the hands twist slightly and the arm begin to move back and forth. The head slowly turns more in your direction and you see the ink on the front of the brick begins to move as it opens its mouth for the first time. And he says, uh, Who I am, I? <laughs> oh, no. <clears throat> Hello, friend. Hello. Um, you, you need to know who you are? How all of a sudden I exist that I got all these disparate pieces making up my, my, my corpus here. <laughs> corpus is... Word, I don't know, but it sounds like body. You are correct. <laughs> okay, so you have a body. Uh, you're welcome for that. The head is a little <laughs> strange. That's okay. Um, <clears throat> let me look here. You were dead, now alive. So I'm calling you Alvin. Uh, Alvin, you are Alvin. Alvin. Yes, Alvin. Alvin. Uh, we're going to create an aspect called Alvin. Oh, what have I done? <laughs> You've created a monster. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, you have a new friend now, I suppose. Hello, Alvin. Alvin, I'm Oleg. Uh, this is your home now, I think. My home is a real hole in the ground. It's a hole in the mountain, but yes... Uh, mountain is ground. It is underground, so almost, but you are close. And he puts his strange blocky head in his strange C-shaped hands. And you got like one regular yellow Lego hand, but you got another one uh, that you assume came off of like an Anakin minifig, uh, kind of a robotic hand. And he's shaking his head back and forth. He's like, I'm trying to remember. 
I'm trapped. I've got so many different pieces, but there's something that connects us. And he's going to roll with Clever, and his head shoots up, and he says, All of us, we were attacked. All of us, we were brought here. It needs materials to work with. The Squaznak. <laughs> and he... <laughs> <laughs> He shuffles off into one of the corners and hides behind a pile of torsos. <laughs> oh, Alvin, it's okay. Alvin, come here. I, I, I am sorry. Alvin. And I'm going to go over and um, I'm going to pull some blocks off the wall and try and make like a little party hat to put on top of his block head to make him feel better. All right. So uh, you're over there comforting him. And you have discovered another one of the Squazniak's aspects. And that aspect is it needs materials to work with. Oh, must be building. Oh, must be a builder like us. This is important. Alvin, you are very smart. Thank you. Um, I don't normally do this, but... Uh, <clears throat> and I would like to shake his hand. <laughs> All right. You start shaking his hand up and down, and it's kind of one of those dead fish sort of situations. You're just moving his arm without him doing anything. And he looks like he's in thought, and suddenly he looks back up towards you, and he goes, Does it know you're here? I would say, uh, yes, probably. We gotta, we gotta leave this place. We gotta leave this place. Okay, leave this place. I don't have any with me. Um, I didn't bring any from the trees outside. Do you have any leaves? Um, I think it would make a crunch noise, make him more aware of us, but you are the one whose home this is. I don't want to be rude. As you've been saying this, he's been trying to move out the doorway, but you've got him in just this incredibly firm handshake, just holding him in place. And he says, uh, 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 Mr. I, I don't know your name, but we got to get out of here right now. The squad Wozniak's gonna find us. This is its hideout. Oh, my name is Oleg uh, Calabrico. Uh, it's very nice to meet you again. Should we? You were, <laughs> Oh, you want to leave the? Yes, your pronunciation not good. Let us go. How about this? Let us go, and I'll I'll start walking out with him. And as soon as you get outside the door and turn the corner back towards the entrance, you hear from further down in the hallway. <laughs> Alvin, do you have pet? I don't understand the concept of ownership. Maybe <laughs> you are a pet. We should, we should go. Let's go. And you turn and you look back in that direction. Like you're both facing toward, back towards the entrance and your heads just slowly turn 180 degrees on your bodies. And you see far off in the distance at the other end of the hallway, those sickly glowing yellow eyes. Um, I want to keep my head where it is and turn my body to match it and then say, you come here and we will have to stop you. Alvin, run, please. Alvin, I cannot stop him. All right, Alvin instantly begins running. And as he does so, you'd like turn and you're watching Alvin head off back towards the entrance and when you turn back towards the creature that strange quickness like it is instantly in front of your face and it is going to attack you with forceful how would you like to defend with run away all right <laughs> go ahead and defend with quick then plus three plus three he also got a plus three 
but he is going to invoke that free invoke on geocaching time to bring that up to a plus five. Yeah, that that's fair. <laughs> All right. So he lashes out with one of those claws and rakes you across your side, and you're going to take two stress from that. Remind me, last time we talked about stress versus wounds or like uh, effects. Yeah, so you have two different ways that you can mitigate stress. You've got your regular stress track, which is six boxes that you can fill based on the number of stress you take, or you can apply it to a consequence, whether that is mild, moderate, or severe. As soon as you can no longer mitigate stress, you are out. I'll I'll take a minor consequence. All right. So as it slashes out at you, it rakes against your side and up your face, and your head spins around 90 degrees to the left and gets stuck. I have a kink in my neck. Ow. Yep. That is exactly the name of the consequence that you're going to take here, and it may affect your perception and your ability to uh, do some actions. Oh, I'll need to see a massage therapist. I'm going to just try and run and catch up to Alvin. All right. As you begin running away, it's going to try and attack you again. It continues to rush up alongside you. It's going to try and slam you up against the wall with the bulk of its body. So it's going to attack with Forceful and gets another plus three. Minus two. Minus two. So it has already succeeded with style, has five shifts on you, but it really wants you. It's going to spend a fate point to invoke your consequence that you just took, the kink in your neck. You couldn't see it coming from the other side, so it slams you up against the wall and deals seven stress to you. What? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So I think it's time to take some major consequences for not listening. All right, so the way you can do that is you can either take a moderate consequence and three regular stress, or you can take a severe consequence and one regular stress. I deserve severe consequences for my actions. All right, (laughs) so the severe consequence that I am going to give you is currently being subsumed. Oh, that is severe. Um, so I'm, like, eaten by him, kind of? Yeah, you can feel, as it's got you pinned up against the wall, the strange, like, oily mass that has coated its body is beginning to wrap its way around you and pull you into the central bulk. In a panic, I'm going to remember its mutable form uh, that, that my good friend Sputnik told me about, and I'm going to try and focus on the fact that its form is controllable, whether by itself or me, and I'm going to try and force it to spit me out. All right. And I don't know how this works, whether it's mental or physical, so I'm just thinking really hard and punching around me to try and see if that helps. (laughs) Yeah, roll to overcome with forceful. Um, But this is going to be a fairly difficult sort of task. I think that's probably going to be a plus four, since you're just trying to kind of will your way out of this creature. Okay, I'm going to invoke one of my abilities then. I'm going to invoke again strong and silent, but most of the time I'm going to invoke the strong part. And I'm going to just, with all my force, punch out to add two to my roll, making it a five. Five. All right. So you succeed. You get what you want. You don't gain a boost, but you manage to pull your way out. But you can feel some of that strange goop kind of clinging to your body as you start rushing towards the entrance. And you can feel thoughts that are not your own beginning to infiltrate inside the hollow cavity of your plastic head. 
it is very hollow. <laughs> Are there like little tiny Lego bricks stuck to me that I could start wiping away? Uh, you reach down and it's it's the strangest thing. There, this is not brick material. <gasps> this is some strange goop that's on you. Everything is brick. That's what the old the old religion teaches us. Everything is brick. The Squazniak is going to try and jump you again as you're having this thought here. Oh, it gets a plus five to attack oh, you. No. Oh no! <laughs> oh, I'm gonna roll quick again to keep running. So a minus three would be bad, yes. <laughs> I mean, that would put it at uh, eight shifts of stress against you. Dude, I think you die. I'm dying. Oh, um, I'm going to. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm going to try and uh, am, am I, can I see the outside a bit? Uh, you can see the front room there where you had originally entered. The door had slammed up against the wall and you can see the light shining in from the door, but not the door itself yet. Uh, well, the, the, the whole place is Soviet, so I'm going to try and invoke that old world vibe. Mm. So well, I guess the, that's a haunted campsite. Yeah, the old world vibe is specifically attached to the haunted campsite. <gasps> okay, then I'm going to... Uh, Ned, correct me if I wrong, I'm wrong, but if he spends a fate point, is he allowed to invoke geocaching time? Yeah. Ooh. So that one isn't reserved for the enemies. They just get it for free. Okay, so I just can't use it as a free action. Um, Well, I don't have many fate points left, but I will try. Yeah, I will use another fate point. You also don't have much life left. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I will use a fate point again, and I will use the geocaching. <laughs> All right. Would you like to re-roll or add plus two? I would. Oh, I'm going to re-roll because I can't get any worse. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> hey, plus two. Plus two. All right. So it's only got a plus three on you right now. It's going to spend another one of its fate points. Oh. <laughs> it's going to invoke... It needs materials to work with one of its own aspects. It needs materials. So that brings it up to a plus five that it's doing against you. Can I try to invoke misunderstands common words with fate and maybe I see a gate to help me out of here? <laughs> That's a bit of a stretch. I will admit. I like it though. Yeah, that might not work. I was trying to think of other words I could misunderstand. <laughs> um... You know what? I think I don't have much life left, but I can take that hit. All right. So would you like to apply Actually, if you apply that all to your stress, then you would die. So we're going to have to do your moderate consequence and then one stress, which would leave you with four stress left. Yep. All right. The moderate consequence that I'm going to give you is these thoughts are not my own. As it once again slams into you, you can feel your mind being morphed as you are still currently being subsumed inside of its mass. Okay. Um, Ned. Yes. If I may, I would like to invoke one of my aspects, which is holes in my memory. And as I am on my way to find my old thinking place, I would like to stumble upon all this, if I can. Roll to overcome with careful. That's a plus three. That is the difficulty that I set it at in my brain, actually. <laughs> so you are tied currently. 
So with that, you know, I was just gonna say, can I spend a fate point and make it even better? Mm, sure, if you would like. Uh, yeah, I will invoke my one good eye and one better eye. Uh, and so as I'm lost and stumbling around, I also happen to notice that there is a scuffle going on. Yeah, in fact, it's a bit more blatant than that. You're walking along in the direction of your thinking tree and something bumps into you and you're like, what on earth is going on? And you look and you see this strange mismatched creature with a block head and a face drawn on the front in Sharpie and it screams as it sees you. Ha! Ah, what are you, strange apparition? Alvin! You, you're calling for Alvin? Who's Alvin? I am Alvin. Oh, hello, Alvin. Where did you come from? I came from many disparate pieces of poor souls who stayed in the haunted campsite. I am all that remains of a number of creatures who were subsumed into the collective of the Bricklicant. My goodness, you are eloquent. It's one of my finer qualities, I will admit. Alvin, you seem in distress. What are you running from? I am running from the Bricklicant itself. My friend, my creator, sacrificed himself to save me. <laughs> Point me in the direction. I have a bone to pick with this Bricklicant. Oh, my friend had a bone too. He said he was going to give it to your friend. Anyway, it's right over here. And uh, he points you in the direction of the Soviet base here. I'd probably hear screaming. You do, in fact, hear screaming as uh, the Bricklicant is going to take one more swipe at Oleg. <laughs> I rush toward the opening and inside. The Bricklicant gets a plus five. Oh, no. Okay. Let us see what the... Well, well, well. That is plus three. I would like... This will be my... I believe my last fate point. <sighs> I would like to invoke the brick build you, and I would like to grab once again the talisman on my chest and cry out to the great brick. I feel her calling me back to the bucket where we all come from. <laughs> the endless bucket. But I, I, I am not ready to go, so I... I I call out and I try to reach forward towards the light, which uh, just adding to bringing me up to a five. A five. So you are currently tied. It has one more fate point that it is going to spend to invoke its mutable form. And it begins to continue to try and meld itself around you. Uh, you're going to take two stress from that then, which I believe leaves you with two more. And as you're just kind of struggling in the mass of the creature, you look towards the light and there's this flash from inside the creature as you invoke the brick builds you. And within that light, you can see a bunch of the bricks making up this creature kind of through that oily goop on the outside. You see a mass of rich royal purple bricks combined with bright lime green bricks that make up most of this creature. But within that, you also see arms, you see torsos, you see legs, and right in front of your own face, you see a head. It is the head of Scoops. <gasps> His mouth open in a silent scream, and then the light goes dim, and you manage to pull yourself free at the last moment. You are a monster. I'm going to try and run out towards the door, and in a desperate attempt, grab the door and wedge it back into place, trying lock him in there as I run away so he can't catch me as easily. Alright, roll to create an advantage with Forceful. Can I help him? Sure. You can use your action to offer him help, which would give him a plus one to his result. I will do that. Oleg, get over here! Master Builder! Um, that will 
with his help that pushes me up to a five five you succeed with style so you jam the door back in place and the aspect that we're going to create for this now that you've succeeded with style on this is it's trapped for now and you get two free invokes on that Oleg, Oleg, are you okay? I thought you were dead. I met a weird Alvin guy and... No, it's Alvin. Alvin. Ah. Hello, Alvin. No, I am not okay, Master. I am uh, very hurt. I can't turn my head that way. Uh, If you see, I am looking left. Uh, So if you have to stand on my left, otherwise I don't know where you are. Also, this is not brick on me. Look at it is not a brick. It what? is some other material. Everything is brick. What what are you what are you talking about? And I'll scoop up some of the goop on him and inspect it. Alright, as you're doing that, go ahead and roll to overcome with clever. Plus three. You look down at this goop in your fingers, and one of the holes in your memory fills. You had a journal. A journal that you hid in a tree long, long ago because you wanted to remove the memory of it from your own mind. You wanted to forget the horror of what you knew. My goodness, Oleg. I remember. And that is where we're going to conclude today's episode of Improv Tabletop. Oh, man. Wow. (laughs) I had you so close. I had you so close. You were in my grasp and you weaseled out. (laughs) I did not roll well. (laughs) Yeah, Christian, I was just sitting here like, welcome to the podcast. Turns out Ned hates you. (laughs) I I will admit there was a deep part of my soul that was hoping that Oleg would die and Christian would get to play Alvin. Alvin is so precious. I love Alvin. But as it stands, we have not yet experienced our first player character death on this show. But that's okay. Man, everybody, thanks so much for listening to Improv Tabletop. We'll be back next week with the thrilling conclusion of The Tension Builders. If you want more, go ahead and subscribe. Maybe even give us a review. We would be just as happy as Giles was to have that ice cream sandwich in his hand (laughs) if you would go ahead and give us a good review. We're also on Twitter, at Improv Tabletop. If you'd like to suggest either a setting for us to play in or an aspect for one of our characters to use, tweet about us using hashtag ImptabSetting or hashtag ImptabAspect. Let's go ahead and do a round of plugs. So I have a beautiful, precious cat who I've mentioned before on this podcast. His name is Count Strahd Von Zarevich. You can follow him on Instagram at a cat named Strahd. Um, But also he is a vampire lord and he has commanded me to do his bidding. So everybody who um, does not, uh, no, I can't make, I can't threaten our listeners. I love you guys too much. I was going to say that I was going to have to come after you if you didn't like donate to our podcast or something, but that's not how I roll. I will disobey the rules of my vampire overlord and I will suffer for it, but my suffering will be to mitigate that of you, our precious listeners, whom I love dearly with all my heart. That's my plug. Uh, (laughs) Caleb, what you got going on? Hey, all of you listeners out there, I'm guessing that most of you bathe. And I'm guessing that most of you also like books. My wife makes soap, and it's book-themed soap. And I would love it if you guys would use that for your bathing purposes. It's it's really amazing soap, for real. 
She's got a website. Go to bookloverssoaps.com and you can check it out. Uh, your skin will thank you. Other podcasts listeners don't bathe, but our podcast listeners, they bathe. I know they do. <laughs> and that's what sets you guys apart. And that's why we're so glad that you're listening to our podcast. Evan, what you got going on? Oh, man. Uh, you know, for my uh, next piece, I uh, am not going to bathe for uh, a year and uh, the uh, real hypothesis here we're testing is if uh, I'll still have a wife at the end of it so (laughs) oh boy I just you know bless your heart bless your heart Evan bless your wife Oh, dude. Christian, what you got going on? I'm already impressed. You just made this decision, but it looks like you're already six months in. About? (laughs) (laughs) Wow. That is the most savage burn we've ever had on this podcast. Ouch. I love it. It's actually seven. (laughs) It's actually seven. (laughs) I've got some some interesting stuff going on. You've heard about blue light glasses, um, help you look in, when you're looking at a screen all day and things like that. Uh, turns out, I've been doing some research and apparently there are more colors uh, than blue in, in the world, just in general. And uh, so I'm gonna start uh, making some new kinds of glasses, red light glasses, green light glasses, yellow light glasses. Those three, mainly what I'm focusing on. Uh, one small disclaimer, you cannot wear them while driving. Uh, there's some small user interface problems that occur <laughs> while wearing these glasses. Small kink, but we're working on it. Um, but yeah, uh, keep an eye out for those. Can they can they help me with my red green color blindness? Well, they can make it worse. But uh, <laughs> that's about it. I'm sorry. You too can experience red green color blindness. Yeah, and yellow too now. Yeah, if anything, you're doing a public service so that people can understand my struggle. So I appreciate it. That's the improv tabletop promise. You too can experience colorblindness. <laughs> Thanks for joining us here in the world of the Tension Builders. I'm Ned Wilcock, your host and GM, and I've been joined by Caleb Anderton, the one of the holy memory. Uh, Evan Peterson, the one who's running out of unique nicknames for himself. Oleg, the nearly dead uh, Christian Randall. <laughs> Much love and stuff. We'll catch you next week on Improv Tabletop.